to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. This term, our, our theme is transforming communities. We know that we are vessels used by God for this transformation, but we are not the transforming power. Right? The Holy Spirit is a transforming power. And, and if we are trying to use our flesh, our strength, our own power to do, it will wear us off. Yeah, we are vessels used by God. He is the transforming power. Amen? Amen. And as Casey City Church, we have set up many things, our Tracy Kids Care, our HASA program, our, our coming up carols by twilight has been God's strategy for us to set ourselves in the city to be vessel used by Him to bring transformation in the city. But it's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. And, and we want to equip, you know, sometimes we can set things up, we just want to go out in vain. We need to do the equipping so that you will not go into war and get shot, right? You not get hurt. And there are strategies that God is giving us. We are in this time and season to download, get a download and wisdom from heaven and strategies from heaven as to how to advance in this time and in this season. He has given Casey City Church a mandate to bring transformation to the city. We are called to pastor the city in humility, not by our own wisdom, our own desire, but it is by what the Father has called us to do as Casey City Church. And you and I are Casey City Church. Amen? So, we, He is a transforming power. And as I was preparing the message, and He gave, I, I wrote down this title. As I was worshipping, He said, change, add one more word to the title. And I am about to share with you for three very powerful verses from the Bible that changed everything. Nothing was um, the same since then. From Acts 2, 1 to three. If you forget everything, remember X two, one to three. First, I wrote down everything changed that day. But then the Lord said, everything changed from that day. But theologically, some theologians think that it only happened then. It's not happening now. Right? With their limited uh, understanding, you know, because line upon line, principle upon principle, the Lord began to reveal His truth to His people. Right? He enlarged our ability. His word become a, a revelation to, to us as we seek Him. Right? Um, we know that last week, Pastor Larry said uh, from 2 Corinthians 3, 3, says that we are the letter that other people read. We are the letter of Christ, you're right? We are the letter of Christ. We know that the Word of God is Logos, is written Word inspired by the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit come upon us, we, our lives become a revelation. A spoken word that to read, we need to live according to the Word of God. But when the Holy Spirit come upon us, we become the encounters that other people begin to encounter God. Amen? So we need the Holy Spirit. Let's read Acts 1, Acts chapter 2, 1 to 3. The first three verses, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, I have read through to all the different um, translations. And there's some say, When the day 
of Pentecost had fully come. And when the day of Pentecost was fulfilled, it speaks of a time. You know, there is an appointed time. And when it came, they were all together in one place. Right? I'm talking about verse 1, there is a time. And another thing is they were all in one place. And then we read another version is that they were all in one place in one accord. We can all be in one place today, but we don't necessarily is one accord. One accord means that you're one mind, one heart, in one agreement. We can be in the same place and not be in agreement. Am I right? But that day happened, they were all in one place. It's about this number. Right? And we were there in Israel in the upper room. They are a small place. And we know that there were 120 gathered in that place. They were all in one place, not just physically in one place. They were same in one heart, one mind, one spirit, in one agreement. So verse 1 is, when the day, the time has come, the Holy Spirit is sent. The day of Pentecost, and they were in one place in one accord. Now, verse 2, it says, suddenly, the word, suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind. Some versions say mighty wind, a rushing wind. But I read through the translation, almost half of them say violent wind. Oh my, and came from heaven and fill the whole house where they were sitting. The word violent, you know, say, how can it be violent? Our God is not violent. He's a loving God, but that God has one enemy. When he thinks of the enemy, he gets violent. You know what? Violent means using or involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill especially of an emotion or a destructive natural force, very strong and powerful. Can you imagine God is filled with that rage? For the Bible in 1 John 3, 8 says that, for the purpose of the Son of God, He came for one and one purpose, is to destroy the work of darkness, right? He's destroyed the work of darkness because He is furious. He is filled with this emotion, this rage. This devil is destroyed my sons and daughters. I have come that he has come to, to make a way where there seemed to be no way. For the purpose of the Son of God is to destroy the devil's work. That's why the wind come violent. If you think of hurricane, they're unstoppable. They bring destruction. But yet you know that in that room when they were gathering, the people were fine. They were not destroyed. This wind has come, this fire has come to up, uproot the things that get a grip of his children. Has come to bring destruction to his children. When the father, if you tell a parent, you know, something has happened to their children unjustly, what will you do? 
What will you do? Something was done to your child. As parents, you would do everything. You were filled with rage. Am I right? Any parents here can identify that? Oh, you touch me, I'm angry. But when you touch my children, I will charge with all my might and come and you have to face my anger. This is our loving Father. He is not just loving, He's mighty, He's strong, He's all power, He's God. He is in the highest place. Therefore, He gave us His best to set a path for us to come out of this, this grip of the enemy. So now, suddenly, very often we think of the suddenly. There will be a suddenly in your life at the appointed time. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, heaven, and filled the house where they were sitting. It filled the house. So, now, then verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. They saw. It was visible. And then other versions say it appeared you can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And then we have three candidates today. We know that when Jesus was baptized, when he came up from the water, what happened? The Holy Spirit came in the symbol of a dove and came like, this is my beloved Son, right? And rested on Jesus. In these three verses, there's powerful symbols of the Holy Spirit shown to us. We know that there are seven symbols of the Holy Spirit. He is a mighty wind. He's a wind. He's also a gentle breeze. Right? Elijah encountered that, that the Lord, you know, sometimes He comes a mighty wind. Not all the time. We need to follow and hear and discern. Not all mighty wind is of God. So he came in a gentle breeze to Elijah. I wasn't in the fire, I wasn't in the wind, I wasn't in the thunder, but he, I am his whisper. Right? So one of the symbols that's shown in these three verses is the wind. And it's a fire. Fire that come do not bring destruction. This fire come to enable us to burn away every sin and draws in our lives. And do not come to shame us. He come along. He is our helper. He comes to help us. He begins to cut us, burn off everything that is in the way when we align ourselves to Him. In one place, I want to say that one place is not just the people, but it's also yourself. Are you in one place in your head, in your soul, and your spirit? When you are in that place, you are unstoppable. When you're in that place, the Holy Spirit come and begin to whip you and empower you and anoint you to do things that is beyond you and I can do. Amen? Because not by, by uh, power, not by might, but by the Holy Spirit. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire rested on each of them. We thought, saw the fire, we saw the wind, and we, we know that the rain... As we continue to read, His Holy Spirit is also the rain, right? The latter rain. 
The Bible says he is the latter rain. You know, in the last day, it prophesied through the book of Joel that in the last day, he will pour out his spirit upon his sons and daughters. He will pour out this mighty rain upon you and I. We are the sons and daughters and we are living in the last day. And when the Holy Spirit went to at the appointed time, he is unstoppable. Amen. And then He is the oil. Holy Spirit is the oil, the anointing that come, that rest on us. He and our, He anoints us, right? He anoints us, and then He is also um, the 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 river. River that flow from the throne room. You know that this fire, the, the wind that come from heaven is also this river that come from heaven, the flow. And then Jesus told um, and said uh, that, that the living water, they live in you, but at that time, he wasn't, hasn't ascended yet, right? At that time, this river will flow from you, living water. The Holy Spirit is also a river that overflow in fullness, in life, and love for others. And then the wine, okay, we can see that the Holy Spirit, and as we are reading that, let me continue to read that. Just this thing, the three verses, what happened then? Right. Um, now, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what happened in the three verses, and the outcome and the results after that, and that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It wasn't something that can conjure or learn, but the Holy Spirit enabling. And we know that at that time, we, we can read it now, we knew what, ha what, what happened, but at that time when they were congregating, they just were there in obedience because of their love for God, right? That letter, the instruction given by Jesus. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation uh, under heaven. Okay, before I get to that, before I get to the verses, falling verses, I would like to go back to Acts 1. Acts 1, you know, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. Okay, a record of what Jesus had done up until he went to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is far greater than their actual territory, am I right? They were in Jerusalem. The kingdom of God, there's a, a big revelation of this kingdom that He came to restore us back to remember a while ago of preaching the kingdom of heaven, right? The kingdom of hand where we are to feed from the tree of life and not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and God, has, Jesus has come to restore us and He taught us about the kingdom of heaven. 
On that occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Can you imagine how important it is for them then and it is for us today? It's a command not just for them, but for us today. This is the last command. How crucial is that? Right? He could have said about many things, but this is what he said. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift is a gift for uh, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Their minds cannot understand and fathom. Their mind was still earthly, so they can only understand the earthly thing. He is talking about kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Yeah, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel? Now he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of dates. The Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Now, witnesses is to be witness, right? You can see. We are called to be witnesses. You know, the others will see the good work we are doing and give the Father the glory, right? All the things we are doing, not for our own, so that it points to our Father, right? Our good works are not good works itself and self-glorified is to point to the Father, to this kingdom that He has sent us, that we represent Him. We are witnesses. In Jerusalem, not just in Casey, not just in our household, and not in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. To the ends of the world. We are called to be witnesses to the ends of the world. And after he said that, he was taken up before their eyes and the cloud hid him from their sight. Right? This is the very last command that Christ has given to the disciples. And from that day, not just on that day, from that day, the same command has passed on to all of us, His disciples, because we are sons and daughters. Amen? And then I want to just share with the outcome um, of verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Wow. It's not just one or two. I know there are many languages in this room. Ah, utterly amazed, they asked, and all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia. 
this year, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, uh, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. There was a lot of languages in that room, am I right? A lot of languages in that room. And, and as a, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. So they had evidence of intoxication, right? They are manifestation that they are so filled. And the Bible says they do not be drunk by wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so what does that mean that they are speaking um, all these languages? Now, it was, remember, they were one accord in one place. They're one heart, one mind, and one agreement. And this unity, when it happened, there was the wind from where? Heaven came. Not a wind, a violent wind to begin to uproot Things are in the way in your life and my life, in, in the city, in other people, right? Just said Paul and Silas, there's two people in prison, in agreement, in one place. They were praising God, right? They were praying, amen? Yeah, and what happened? Not only their chains, the prison door opens, every door was swung open. And then the foundation were shaken and the very foundation that holds you and I captive you know sometimes there are things that happen to us not just adulthood in childhood that not even to our own memory or awareness that begin to cultivate the person that we are but the Holy Spirit was there when we were a child he said I was there and now when you're in agreement nothing can stop what I'm about to do and suddenly the suddenly at the appointed time I will pour out my spirit upon my sons and daughters in Casey City Church hey there are things that hold you back there are grief, there are sadness, there are poverty, there are defeat, there are pain. I am going to work them all out for good, for your good. Because you love me and because you walk according to my purpose, they are going to turn for your good. Yes, your grief is going to become your glory because I am in it. Alright, and then you know what? Very often we want all of this thing, all of this manifestation. There's one thing I want to point to you is that you know, they were asked to be in one place, so they did, you know, um, and, and we knew that all the apostles were together, and in verse X 1.14, it says that they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. No one was left out. He included there were 120 of them. And 120 of them gathered men and women in one place. And the Holy Spirit filled them all and rested on all of them. No one was excluded. Amen? There's no one excluded in this place. You and I are in this place. I want to, now, I want to take you back to Exodus 2. In a wide languages. 
Have you ever wondered? Yeah? So that they can go and preach gospel. I want to take you back to Genesis 11. In Genesis 11, let me read that from verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain China and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Our Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Now, this is the one unity that God feared and hated. But in their own, they feed from the tree of the knowledge, knowledge, right? That they want to build something towards heaven, to reach heaven with their own wisdom and the human wisdom and and for a name for themselves. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Even if it's not in the plans of God, if there is a unity, nothing is going to be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. It was one language. He confused them in many languages because that wasn't in the plan of God. It was through human wisdom. Feed from the knowledge of uh, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Whereas God, now you can see that then, um, so the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. Now, the very first thing in Acts 2, the very first thing God did in the upper room when they were all, this time the unity is different. This time the unity is feeding from the tree of life that comes from heaven. Not earth to heaven, but heaven to earth. Amen? Amen? So that is something that will be unstoppable because God in in it is in it. And they did not think that they know it all. They, were, they didn't know what to do. They, they kind of know, but don't know, right? They, they acted because God had given His last command, don't go anywhere. Come together, wait for me in a few days. So they acted in obedience. They got together. They were constantly in prayer. Not a religious practice of prayer. Religiosity is like, like the Pharisee, they will wear the, the spices, oh, oh my goodness, you know, 0 0.005 gram less, you know, a very pedantic, it's not the spirit of Christ, you know, it's in him there's liberty, there is freedom, you know, he leads and he guides, you know, he gives you the peace. 
peace surpasses all understanding that will rest on you. Don't walk too fast. Don't rush. God is never in a rush. He leads and guides and He speaks. There was this peace that will guide us. So He restored in Genesis 11 the confusion. Then you realize the very first thing. Very first thing after his ascension, he was taken up, is he restored back. Right? In one place. You, you witnessed what I've just read. Many languages were spoken in that place for, some, for the group that didn't know Galileans, right? So, when the Spirit of God is doing something, in our midst, in any way, sometimes, you know, um, we don't fully know everything, but we just know how to act in obedience. Obedience. There will be time, it seems like intoxication, uh, in, uh, suddenly tongue-tied, right? Intoxication. You know, it's not quite the norm. Don't be quick to judge. We are not the judge. God is the judge. All right? We are discerned. We have to be wise. We have to be praying. We have to be encouraging. We have to be facilitating. Right? Remember that we are vessel used by God. Now, you know what? In these three verses, after what happened in these three verses, it can happen to you and I. The seven symbols of the Holy Spirit, you know that Peter, you know what? You, we, we knew that just before that he was hiding, he was lying, he was denying. Oh, I, I recognize you, you are one of the followers. No, I'm not. Oh, I recognize the accent. Oh, no, I'm not. He was so in fear. You know, God, the perfect love casts out all fear. The Fear of man and snares us. But the fear of God, is a, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You know, it's a reverend and awe. Then we begin to have wisdom from above. We know that in the Bible say that firstly, the wisdom from above is pure peaceable and loving, it bears fruit, right? In James 3, 17 to 18, you know, let's just have a quick read on uh, James. Okay, where are we? Yep, James 3, 17 and 18. It said, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers, not peacekeepers, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. The word we are called to that. And then in, um, and now, I was just talking about Peter. From a fearful man, he became a very bold person. When the people were laughing, you know, I think it's funny. I think they were drunk. And Peter stood up this time, unafraid when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, how can it be? It's only nine in the morning. 
You know, they were they are not drinking, they are not drunk, and begin to defend the faith. He became a changed person. Unrecognizable, a, a bonus came upon him. That river, that wisdom, the power, the enabling came on him, and he acted out in peace. Right? He wasn't there to fight, but he just responded at that moment. Um, now, in Luke, there's another evidence that uh, will be upon you and I when we, the Holy Spirit is upon us. And Luke 4, 14 to 22, that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And just before that, we knew that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, right? And he overcame it all, and he returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole country. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He was reading beyond just a letter. The anointing of the Holy Spirit was on him. What happens? And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He became very attractive because the anointing of the Holy Spirit was on him. Right? He began by saying that today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. So today, can I just have Isaiah 61 on the screen please? Christ has come and fulfilled. He came, He lived, He conquered. If you and I have Christ in us, this very same anointing is upon us because Christ is in us. Amen? Christ is, I would love for us all to stand up and read Isaiah 61, 1 to 3 together. You know what? This thing is, we have been called. We are called. We need to not just read the letter. We need to have an awakening of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called us to do because we are not the transforming power. It is God that is the transforming power. The Holy Spirit that was given as a promise, as a gift that not you and I can work for. We need to awaken our soul. If our soul is not in alignment, do everything to slap it, wake up. In alignment with the Holy Spirit. Right? Speak to your mind, speak to your heart, fight till it breakthrough happen. Right? Uh, fight a good fight. Not people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, not against people.
people. It's never about people. Hear me right. It's never about people. People might make mistakes, but it's against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness in this world that God is so violent about. He is angry. He is completely just charged to destroy the lies of the enemy. We need to get in alignment with the Spirit of God. Shall we read together? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Verse 2 to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Let's just read the last verse one more time. Last one. For the display of His splendor. One more time. Read it like you believe it. Okay. For the display of His splendor. Let's give the Lord a clap. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the promise that is already ours. So Lord, this day we align every part of our being, Lord, to this promise. Oh, come, burst, Lord, from within us, living of uh, river of living water. Come and burst out from within us. We need your anointing, Lord, to break every yoke, Lord, break everything that is in the way. We thank you. We bless you, Lord. We celebrate you, Lord. This season, what a time, oh God, to be reminded, oh God, oh Lord, with Christmas carols, Lord, sung and preached in the air. Father, we do not just sing songs, oh Lord, we declare those carols, your word, in the atmosphere, in the heavenlies, in our city, oh God. Oh Lord, intercession is being sent out as we sing, oh God. We do not sing blindly, oh Lord. Oh Lord, we take it to the next level, oh God. We sing with the angelic host. This is a time and this is a season, Lord, we partner with the heavenlies, with the angels of God begin to see Lord you display your wonders oh father thank you Lord the time Lord is near in Jesus name